You're listening to Connect on blogtalkradio.com. Catch us on the web at umconnect.info. Welcome to this episode of Connect. I'm Michael Rich, the Web and Communications Manager for the Western North Carolina Conference. And today we'll be talking with Shannon Scherfey, who lives in Taylorsville, North Carolina. She's the Appalachian District Lay Leader. She uh, gave the lady address at annual conference two years ago. Uh, she was the lay delegate to general conference in 2016. She is a physician and she's a clergy spouse. And today we get to talk with her about health and wholeness from a United Methodist perspective. So welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Uh, you have a unique perspective as an active lay person, as a clergy spouse, as a practicing physician. Uh, what's the importance of health and wholeness in the church? Well, I like to think about the fact that we have our physical health, we also have our mental or emotional health, and then we have our spiritual health. And all of those things are intertwined and related, and if every aspect is well cared for, well tended to, then we feel better. Our life is a gift from God. We are all created in God's image. So I think that we are called to treat our minds, our bodies, and our spirits as a gift. So to be as individually healthy as possible is really, really important. Um, I think there's also another layer that the church can play a role in terms of public policy and public health, um, but our personal lives are healthier if we're connected to a community, we're connected to a source of meaning. And I see that a lot day to day in my medical practice. Folks that have a church community um, tend to really have a great support system. Excellent. Well, how can we, um, as clergy, as lay people in the church, how can we do a better job at it? I think there are lots of different ways to think about that. Um, we as a church could definitely put more emphasis on mental health and physical health. Obviously, I think we do a pretty good job working on spiritual health, but realizing how connected those things are to really truly be a whole person um, I think it can happen in our own individual congregations, but also at the district level, the conference level, and the general church level. Um, I personally believe that healthcare is a basic human right and that we need to be able to improve access and cost of healthcare, and that the church probably should be involved in helping to make that happen. And we can always do a better job of that. I also think about the fact that there's a lot of facets of individual health and public health. So we have environmental factors like access mm. to clean air, clean drinking water, um, and we've seen that doesn't even always happen here in the U.S. There's the public health factors like disease prevention, vaccinations, education, and then just social and lifestyle factors. Um, we have a lot of folks that deal with domestic violence and alcoholism and smoking, drug addiction, and nutrition, physical, physical activity, the whole idea of work-life balance. And providing ways for folks to learn about those things in our congregations um, and in our church as a whole, I think would be really, really important. One other thing that I think is crucial to your own individual health is finding ways to reduce stress. Hmm. I can't tell you the number of times that people come in complaining of all these various symptoms, and it turns out I can't find anything else wrong except that they're under a lot of stress. And hmm. they want a pill to make it better, but it doesn't work that way. Um, it takes a lot of work to reduce stress. And I know that I am able to talk to patients about my own 
personal ways of doing that. Um, in recent years, I've had to learn to say no a little more often um, to put myself as a priority. And like, for example, I, I schedule my workouts every week because exercise is really crucial to me. I get grumpy and I'm not pleasant to be around if I'm not exercising. So I treat them like any other appointment or meeting. And if somebody asks if I'm available on Monday night at six o'clock, I'll say, no, I've got another commitment. And that's my weekly workout with one of my friends. So it's really crucial that people learn how to manage their stress. Um, and I really think that clergy and other lay folks have a, um, a neat window into people's lives that you're with people in really vulnerable times and you can help them find ways to, to do better at reducing stress. I also think that it's really important to, in terms of self-care, um, to stress the benefits of counseling and therapy. And I know that certainly clergy provides some of that, but a lot of times they need to recommend someone seeing a professional counselor. Even if you have nothing major in your life that you're dealing with, I think people can benefit from counseling. And just the intentionality of setting aside an hour a week to sit down and talk to somebody and work through some of life together and learn tools to cope with stress, I've seen that make a huge difference in patients' lives and in friends' lives. And if people are willing to open their minds and try something new like that, it can have a huge impact on their own personal health. Well, we're going to take a break right now and hear from our sponsors, and then we're going to come back and talk some more with Shannon Shervey. Hi, I'm Jane Boatwright-Wood, conference lay leader, and with 30 exceptional folks representing 1,100 local churches and almost 300,000 lay members, I serve on the Board of Laity, where we encourage and equip laity in their understanding and appreciation of their role in the church. The laity are Christ's church in the community and the world. The laity are the primary way new folks get to know Christ in the United Methodist Church. And that's how we fulfill the mission, to make disciples of Jesus Christ and transform the world. The United Methodist Foundation of Western North Carolina is a ministry of the church for the church, whose mission is to build the church for generations to come. We fulfill this vision by investing in people, as well as helping churches and related institutions invest the financial resources that God has given to them. My name is David Snipes, and we look forward to the day when you give your United Methodist Foundation a call. And you can learn more about the United Methodist Foundation of Western North Carolina by going to our show's website, which is umconnect.info. So we're back with Shannon Sherfy, and we've been talking about health and wholeness, and um, I'm wondering if uh, I, I had a conversation with a nurse that is in my church, and uh, she actually, mm -hmm. in her studies, learned about uh, the United Methodist tradition or our Methodist tradition and John Wesley as a part of um, her training. I was wondering if you have any thoughts about um, the United Methodist uh, tradition uh, with health and medicine. Well, that's definitely not something I learned as part of my training. I think that would have been quite interesting. Probably learned most of that from my husband um, and just from my involvement in the church. But definitely John Wesley, um, from what I've read, was a big um, encourager of health and encouraged their congregations to support, for instance, like the health care needs of the poor. And back in that time, a lot of folks didn't have access to health care. And so there were lots of other resources out there. And if I remember correctly, I think there's a um, primer that he wrote called Primitive Physic. 
And that was available for folks that maybe weren't able to pay for a doctor's care, but could at least learn some things. Um, And I know he was a big advocate of electric shock therapy for pretty much anything if other things didn't work, if I remember correctly on that. Um, I I wouldn't call what he was giving uh, would be the greatest of medical (laughs) advice today, but um, it was certainly popular in that world. Yes, it was. Um, but I think the Methodist Church does a does a pretty good job of um, in, in their many different levels and their connectionalism. You know, we are not just out there as a lone congregation doing our own thing. That we are certainly all connected and having things like the United Methodist Women and United Methodist Men and our jurisdictions and our seminaries. Um, we we do have structures in place where we can work toward uh, health, work toward wholeness, wholeness. Um, for instance, the General Board of Church and Society, I know, has done a lot of work um, on access to care, particularly for women and children in, in, in underprivileged countries, um, being able to to work on a policy level to try to make sure folks have access to health care, but also nutritious foods and, like I said before, clean air and clean drinking water, things that we take for granted here in the United States and a lot of places. Um, we collaborate really well in the Methodist Church for the most part. Um, there's not quite as much controversy over the fact that people should be healthy and that we should all work together to achieve that. Um, so, as you know, as a body of Christ, I think the the Methodist Church does a pretty good job, and you know, certainly room for improvement. But um, as individuals, as congregations, and as a church as a whole, certainly there's a lot of um, a lot of work to be done to try to be sure that everyone is as healthy as possible. Okay. So I have a couple of questions here. The first one is, what have you learned about the church having been a physician uh, for this time in your career? What are you learning about the church from your profession? Hmm. That's definitely a tough question. Um, Probably for me, the most obvious thing is um, end-of-life care. Uh, I see that I see it a lot in my own practice, and certainly see Josh dealing with folks who are at the end of their life. And our promise of eternal life is something that gives folks a lot of hope and a lot of a sense of peace. And so, parent uh, patients and families that are facing death and who are grieving, um, I, I've been able to to learn a great deal from those patients and from um, those experiences. The church definitely can be a source of comfort and a source of peace um, during death, but also during other times. And there are a lot of folks that um, need that grace and that love and that community. And I see that a lot in my patients. Okay. So I'm going to turn the question around a little bit. And it might be some of the same, but there might be something different. Uh, What have you learned about um, your profession from the church? Uh, How does the church make you a better uh, doctor? I think that's a lot of the same. um, They're definitely so interrelated. It's hard to kind of pull one from the other, but there's a lot of the same things. I think the end of life care is for sure. Um, I also think that having seen um, church members go through struggles and go through health um, concerns, my ability to communicate better with patients and particularly with family members and keep people informed about what's going on, um, especially if they're dealing with a really serious illness. Um, My experience in my own congregation and how people 
um, interact with their physicians has helped me learn what maybe I could be doing better. Um, medicine isn't just what happens in the exam room with a patient. Um, there's a whole lot of other communication that happens outside of that when you're discussing lab work results and test results. And um, I think my invo involvement in church and definitely at, at general conference and in the church and society committee, um, learning the ways that we can be advocates for people's health. Um, that's helped me come at my practice from a little bit more of a public health perspective. Mm. Um, I also think that I've seen over and over again um, situations both through church and through my practice where folks, um, back to the end of life care again, where folks don't have healthcare power of attorneys in place or living wills in place. And I think that's one really specific way that churches can help. Um, I keep telling Josh, we need to have somebody come from maybe from hospice and talk to our church members about these things, because it's not just for folks that are dealing with terminal illness and, and that are dealing, that are in their eighties and you know, people in their forties mm. and fifties should have these things in place too, because we never know when tragedy will hit. Um, often the chaplain or the, the pastors are the ones that help navigate those discussions. And it's helpful for me as a physician to have seen that, play out over and over again so that I feel more comfortable having those discussions with my patients before the time comes when it's really, really important. When you're in crisis mm -hmm. mode, um, families have a lot harder time making decisions. But if you've had the conversations ahead of time, it's so much easier for patients, for families to say, well, I know mom had said she wouldn't want this or she would want this. And if we can be prepared, that's really helpful. So that's a really specific answer, but um, something that I see a lot and that I've learned a great deal from the church. Yeah, that's excellent stuff. So I've got one more question. Uh, what do you want to okay. say? Uh, you've got your one minute here to say anything <laughs> you want to people listening. What, what would you want them to know about you and your work and your faith? Hmm. Um, I think just that... Um, it's really important to be open-minded. I love what I do as a physician. Um, there are definitely days that I wish I didn't have to work, just like everybody. It's still a job. And I am grateful for the connections I've been able to make. As a family physician, it's really awesome to be able to walk into one room and see a newborn baby and walk into the next room and have a 95-year-old patient. The variety that that provides is, is really good. Um, and it's also really important to me to make the connections. I see a lot of parents and their children and the grandchildren and the aunts and uncles, and that's really fun. But if people realize that there's um, a lot of pressure on physicians these days, it's, it's not just about providing good medical care. There's so many pressures to document certain ways so that things are trackable. And um, so many things have changed in medicine. I spend a lot of my time doing things that I never went to school for. It's frustrating and um, if folks are open-minded about their experience at a doctor's office, um, I think that's really, really helpful to know. And for me personally, my faith plays such a role in how I try to take care of people um, that it's a real blessing for sure. I definitely consider it a vocation and a call in addition to just my means of making money. Thanks to our sponsors, the Western North Carolina Conference and the United Methodist Foundation of Western North Carolina. Find out more about them at our show's website, umconnect.info. You've been listening. 
to connect.